Welcome to the Bioethics Podcast, a project of the Center for Bioethics and Human Dignity. I'm Michael Sleesman, Managing Director and Research Scholar at the Center. In this edition of the Bioethics Podcast, we offer my opening address from the Center's 21st Annual Summer Conference, Bioethics in Transition. The title of my opening address was Bioethics in Transition, Framing the Discussion and an essay adapted from this address appeared in the summer 2014 issue of Dignitas, the Center's quarterly publication. The 2014 conference plenaries are available for purchase, along with other past conference audio sets, on our website. Subscriptions to Dignitas are available to members of the Center. To learn more about upcoming or past conferences, about the benefits of becoming a member, or to purchase conference audio sets, please visit our website at cbhd.org. Well, it's my privilege this evening to frame the discussion that we are embarking upon over the next few days. On an annual basis, we begin the process of putting together a proposal for future conference themes. That process, though, begins much earlier through the Center's ongoing work and trend analysis. A multitude of considerations are brought to bear as we identify the particular strategic theme for any given conference or event. Page has often described this trend analysis component of the Center's work as a sort of sentry in the watchtower, alert to changes in the various winds of bioethical inquiry. We keep this watch as we post and highlight news and journal articles for bioethics.com and in our weekly and monthly emails as we seek to stay abreast of the ever-expanding literature relevant to the variety of bioethical questions, a job that in the last few years has been made somewhat easier as we curate the expanding collection of our own research library at the center. As we attend conferences and participate in professional societies across a wide spectrum of professional spheres and topical arenas, our eyes are ever attentive to the trends and transitions occurring throughout the very discourses that are encompassed in what we refer to as bioethics. What are the current trends in the academic literature and discussions? What emerging concerns have arisen and how are they being addressed? What perennial considerations of first order concern, those questions of fundamental significance to human existence, need to be examined or revisited in light of our current milieu? In this task, we are grateful to many of you who participate with us through your partnership, through our interactions with you throughout the year, and through your individual contributions to this broader engagement within your own personal spheres of influence and professional context. These considerations are distilled into several proposals, and each are weighed for strategic impact, both with respect to immediate need and long-term consideration. In this respect, the Summer Conference is not just some mere annual gathering of the Congregation of the Faithful, though we hope you are also that, but also our Summer Conference is a key aspect of the Center's ongoing strategy of cultural engagement through the work of Christian bioethics. It is a key aspect of our role as a Christian bioethics research center as we seek to frame the nature of the conversation in the broader dialogue of societal engagement in medicine, science, and technology as a whole but also to galvanize awareness and ethical behavior in the life of the church on these very pressing matters of our day. 
Sometimes the theme is driven by an emphasis on a specific topical concern, such as healthcare, or reproductive technologies, emerging technologies, or neuroethics. Other times, the theme reflects the transition or concern within a particular disciplinary or professional arena, such as when we looked at the changing face of healthcare. In more recent years, as we approached our 20th anniversary, we sought to take on fundamental concerns, those perennial concepts that undergird many of the issues that arise at the applied level. After years of examining the wide array of topics included under this broad umbrella of the thing we refer to as bioethics, we took a cue from the President's Council on Bioethics, as led by Leon Cass and Edmund Pellegrino, both of whom sought to address those first-order questions, those questions that challenge us to move beyond the philosophical and theological band-aids that we keep trying to apply in our triage response to the ever-growing onslaught of applied bioethical concerns. While we may be finite embodied beings, the human imagination appears to have no limitations in its machinations to devise creative ways to dehumanize our existence in the proliferation of challenges we face today. And yet, we also desire to be more than the party of no. In our pursuit to address first-order questions, we also seek to identify opportunities before us, that which is truly laudatory, that which is awe-inspiring. With all the potentialities and threats and challenges before us in a post-human genome age, in the biotech century, in the age of enhancements and, quote, therapeutics that can make us better than well, what is health? What does it mean for human beings to flourish in a medically, scientifically, and technologically advanced age? What does human dignity mean in a culture of commodification? What does healthcare have to do with the common good? What at its core is Christian bioethics really about? And what is its role in the broader bioethical discourse of our contemporary society? So why bioethics in transition? Why this theme? After 20 years of bioethics conferences, we thought it was time to pause and take stock of the changes that have occurred in Christian bioethics in particular, but also across the field and broader discussion of bioethics as a whole. Just as the medicine, science, and technology continue to evolve that are so often the object of our ethical discussions, so too do the ethical discussions themselves. Sometimes these result in modest extensions of previous concerns. Sometimes these lead to the convergence of previously disparate considerations, and every so often there are watershed moments where novel or previously unrecognized issues arise. On the first weekend of July in 1993, two theology professors here at Trinity Evangelical Divinity School, Drs. Nigel Cameron and Harold O.J. Brown, convened a two-day consultation in the Rockford room of our mansion building on a topic they considered of vital concern for the Christian church and yet was being ignored in their estimation within the Evangelical Academy of its day. Among the participants at that event were clinicians David Larson from the NIH, Robert Orr from Loma Linda, and David Schiedermeyer from the Medical College of Wisconsin. There were two professors of philosophy, Francis Beckwith and David Fletcher. There was a Southern Baptist doctoral student working for the Christian Life Commission, C. Ben Mitchell. 
and a young ethicist from the Park Ridge Center in Chicago, Dr. John Kilner. Participants were each sent a two-and-a-half-inch binder filled with hundreds of pages of articles, book chapters, essays, and cases as background preparation for the session discussions. This copy here is actually from one of the participants, and I can tell you and feel it physically, the weight of the issues that they were discussing. For those of you who have suffered for years under the burden of heavy reading loads and these bioethics courses we offer around the summer conference, you stand in a proud lineage that echoes back to the very foundations of bioethics engagement here at Trinity. Those two days of meetings between those 14 participants led to a vision for two desired outcomes. The first was that they hoped to hold another meeting that would perhaps occur annually in the summer. The second was that they hoped to create a distinctly Christian bioethics research center. One year later, in 1994, these two visions were realized in the creation of the Center for Bioethics and Human Dignity and the concurrent launch of the annual summer conference. Our first conference being the Christian Stake in Bioethics. Those early years of the center were a microcosm of the issues faced in the bioethics of its day. There was a strong emphasis on life issues, a commitment to the sanctity of human life from conception to death, reflection on the broad range of beginning-of-life considerations, reproductive technology and ethics, and end-of-life concerns. Those issues such as euthanasia and physician-assisted suicide, withholding and withdrawing of treatment, health care allocation, who lives and who dies, the warp and woof of traditional and classical bioethical concerns, what we often refer to here at the center as the first phase of bioethics, bioethics 1.0, if you will, as Nigel Cameron and others have noted the taking and making of human life issues, the questions surrounding the boundaries of human life. Strong connections were evident in those early discussions to the medical ethics roots from which bioethics was birthed, close ties to the quandaries that emerged in the context of bedside care. The center's third conference quickly turned our attention to the issue of genetics, a rising issue with the Human Genome Project at that point several years underway. While continuing to maintain an attentive eye on the traditional ethical issues, the center also closely watched the emergence of the biotech century, heralded with the potential of genetic engineering and the burgeoning research in biotechnology that led to such discoveries as the extraction of stem cells, things such as the falsified advances and subsequent controversies surrounding human cloning, and more recently, such advances as synthetic biology and discussions surrounding artificial life. Bioethics, which had found its origins in the context of the clinic, in the dynamic of the physician-patient encounter and at the bedside, was thrust in the realm of scientific inquiry, science policy, and the ethics of the research lab and commercial industries. This transition led to the emergence of a new phase in bioethics, the remaking of humanity, or the faking of human life, as Nigel has suggested. Alongside this transition, we also saw the purported secularization of bioethics. Daniel Callahan, founder of the Hastings Center, 
had noted in 1990 in an article already lamenting the disappearance of religion and theology in particular from the discussion table of bioethics. Not from a sentimentality of personal faith commitment, but rather for what was lost in the depth of the discussion. From a clinical context conversant with theological considerations to a general policy concern in the moral esperanzo of a common or public morality. The scandal of bioethics, as we noted just a few years ago in a conference, had already occurred. Bioethics had become a thoroughgoing secular enterprise in which Christian bioethics had assumed the role of a marginalized voice all too easily disregarded. Into this purported vacuum of which Callahan wrote, CBHC was formed to speak directly as a voice to the faithful of the church, but also as a voice in the academic discourse, a voice committed to Christian Hippocratism, the view that the professional virtues and ethical values contained in the Hippocratic Oath, informed by a Judeo-Christian worldview, forms the basis for the proper practice of medicine and therefore the appropriate framework for bioethics as a whole. A voice committed to the belief in the special value and dignity of every human being. A belief theologically rooted in the image of God. The over four decades of reflection in the field of bioethics has seen a number of other transitions. As significant as the transition was that brought the biotech century and that opened up the context for the questions of remaking humanity, a second Copernican revolution of sorts has also occurred in bioethics. That second Copernican revolution is what could be referred to as the technological turn. Acronyms like NBIC and GRIN, alongside terms such as convergence, spike, and the singularity, speak to realities and technical innovations often far afield from the physician-patient encounter that was the hallmark of clinical ethics. Such concepts as Moore's Law, virtual reality, artificial intelligence, advanced robotics, cybernetic organisms, cognitive uploading, transhumanism, posthumanism. Each of these, in a way, describe the utopian dreams and dystopian fears of science fiction, in many cases, becoming reality, or at least much closer to realization than many of us may be comfortable to admit. Technical terminology and ethical considerations that were part and parcel of the realms of computer science, various engineering specialties, and most at home in the tech sector, were finding their way into the bioethical discourse, demanding attention from those who were often ill-equipped to respond. In this second Copernican revolution, we are presented with the question of what it means to be human as the culmination of the remaking of humanity. When humanity as homo faber, as man the maker, is no longer ontologically distinct from the tools and machines that we make. Through the initiation of the biotech century and the subsequent transformation of the technological turn, bioethics 2.0 has fully emerged. Not removing the needs presented by bioethics 1.0 concerns, which continue to be some of the most pressingly felt in our everyday lives, yet this transition to bioethics 2.0 demands re-envisioning traditional bioethical categories and questions. 
What is the purpose of medicine in an age when health and wellness are relative to the capabilities and availability of medical and technological intervention? What does it mean to have children when our concepts of children as gifts are replaced with a process of reproduction that produce children as an expression of parental choice and eventually control? When our menu of healthcare options offer us the possibility to be better than well, when our notion of human flourishing and human futures includes a future without humans. This transition, the second Copernican revolution, the technological turn, is one we've kept our eyes on closely over the years and have often engaged. And yet, it is also one that society as a whole, and the church in particular, have been very slow to appreciate in scope and potential impact. In arenas of additional transitions, we see the move from a naturally domestic emphasis in the early years of, of the field of bioethics as it sought to deal with pressing crises from the explosion of reproductive technologies, and particularly the innovation of IVF, and the introduction of organ transplant capabilities. The last decade in particular, though, has seen a growing commitment to global bioethics. From bioethics education to the formation of national bioethics bodies, from the Universal Declaration of Bio on Bioethics and Human Rights and the International Bioethics Commission, to the impact of globalization on the field of bioethics itself through the rise of medical and reproductive tourism, organ trafficking, international surrogacy, and other concerns that arise from rising trends in human exploitation and commodification around the globe several of which we have highlighted over the past few years and in 2009 at our Global Bioethics Conference in particular. Other implications of rising globalization and bioethics include attention to research ethics across borders and specifically transnational and intercultural research emerging from the pharmaceutical industry. Stateside, we saw transitions in the clinical experience itself. The rise of consumer-driven medicine and the backlash against any semblance of paternalism and the subsequent reemergence of a form of soft paternalism through health policy. The introduction of electronic medical records and the increasing reliance upon therapeutics and technique in contrast to historic emphases on providing care and comfort. The rise of autonomy as king among the casuistic principles and the rising focus upon informed consent. We have seen rising commitment to multiculturalism, increasing attention to issues of health disparities, growing concern for preventive health protocols, and with them increased interest to move beyond personal health and wellness to include the discourse of public health as well. Bioethics has undergone interdisciplinary transformation with the meteoric rise of empirical research as a key aspect of contemporary bioethics and the perennial challenges to the value of those of us who enter the discourse from the philosophical and theological domains rather than the more applied humanities and the social and hard sciences. Bioethics is also in the midst of a demographic transition as the founding figures of this field are quickly aging and in some cases are unfortunately no longer with us. We could go on. What should be clear is that bioethics is a field constantly evolving. Indeed, bioethics is a field constantly in transition. 
A feature of this weekend's plenaries is to highlight the key ways the conversation has evolved over the past 20 years of the center's existence and the history of bioethics itself. Over the next few days, we pause to examine some of these transitions. We begin tonight with our keynote address by Dr. Gilbert Mylander, examining the evolution of bioethics. As a student of Paul Ramsey, onto his tenure on the President's Council on Bioethics and beyond, Dr. Mylander's career has tracked along these very evolutions, and he will offer us insights from a broader picture in a historical perspective. Tomorrow morning, Dr. Jeffrey Bishop will examine transitions occurring in the area of end-of-life considerations. A generation ago, our primary concerns in the end of life were driven to preserve life and the resistance of moves that prematurely hasten death. Today's concerns seem to revolve around chastening some vitalistic impulses and an ongoing debate over precisely what is an appropriate definition of death. In the afternoon, Dr. Hank Tenhave will turn our attention to some of the transitions we discussed that have been brought about by global bioethics. As someone intimately involved within the UNESCO framework of engagement, he will offer us a glimpse into the international dimensions of bioethics. Saturday morning, Dr. Lisa Anderson Shaw will examine transitions that are occurring in the domestic scene regarding healthcare through rising attention given to the unique challenges presented by rural medicine, in contrast to the sort of urban care which has received the dominant attention of much of contemporary clinical ethics discussions. She will also explore and give attention to the rising trend of interprofessionalism as clinical ethics copes with the increasing reliance upon primary care delivered by those other than physicians. Finally, Saturday afternoon, Richard Dorflinger of the USCCB Pro-Life Secretariat will mine his experience of vast years within the D.C. Beltway to discuss transitions in bioethics from a public policy standpoint. In between, we welcome you into this dialogue with us as you participate in parallel papers and poster sessions and workshops sponsored by our partners and friends. As we have in past years, we invite you again to join us in this weekend, in this conversation, and to do so in the spirit of the Christian academic virtues, charity, humility, and courage. Courage when necessary, but always in the spirit of charity and with humility. That was Bioethics and Transition, Framing the Discussion, by Michael J. Sleesman, Ph.D. The opening address from the Center for Bioethics and Human Dignity's 21st Annual Summer Conference, Bioethics and Transition. The Bioethics Podcast is a project of the Center for Bioethics and Human Dignity. Copyright 2014. All rights reserved. The Center for Bioethics and Human Dignity is a Christian bioethics research center at Trinity International University, exploring the nexus of biomedicine, biotechnology, and our common humanity. Our website, cbhd.org, has a wealth of materials on a wide range of bioethical issues. For more information about the Center, and to support the work of the Center and projects like this podcast, please visit our website at cbhd.org. My name is Michael Sleesman, and I'm the Managing Director and Research Scholar of the Center. 
Thank you for listening to the Bioethics Podcast.